It's now time to hear from the Lord. And so we will start this uh, afternoon's uh, message with a song. I've requested the choir to help us out. The song that we all know, but I want us to look at the songs, the words, to recognize what it's all about. And we'll take it from there. The song is, Have Thine Own Way, Lord, Have Thine Own Way.
take you back about a year and tell you something that took place in our church council meeting in May 2012. I assure the council members that I'm not going to say anything that shouldn't be said, okay, but I need to mention this. Now, Pastor Augustine was leaving and that necessitated an expansion of the pastoral team. The pastors and the elders, after much prayer, this was in May 2012, chose Brother Charles Coyote and me as members of the pastoral team. Of course, we were given time to pray and to get back with our answers. And while I agreed to be on the pastoral team and carry out its responsibilities, especially those pertaining to administration and organization, I was reluctant to be ordained as a pastor. That, to me, was an entirely different cup of tea. Well, months went by. And recently, the pastoral team and the church council were led to consider expanding the council and the pastoral team again. Again, after much prayer, we know what happened last week. Pastor Sean, Brother Kenneth were chosen as members in the church council. Brother Lakin was chosen to be in the pastoral team and ordained as a pastor. In fact, at the last council meeting that we had, the issue of my ordination was again raised. But I shot down that discussion straight away. I didn't give opportunity to really talk about it. And I used these very profoundly simple words. I will tell you when I am led to do so. Okay, and so that kind of stopped the discussion. And I said, can we please move on and get to the next topic on the agenda and keep get going? 
But at the back of my mind, I knew one thing. God had been speaking to me. But like Moses and like Jonah, I had my objections and I had my excuses ready every time. But God is God. And as many of us have found out, His mind is not so easily changed by our infinitely lame and silly excuses, however lofty and noble they may sound to us. And so you, I found that over the last couple of months, God kept speaking to me. And how did He speak to me? He used the word. For example, I got this verse. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 5. And the part which hit me was actually the last part of it. And interestingly, I normally use a King, New King James Version. But the verse which hit me came out from the New Living Translation. And that part, the, the, the latter part of that verse simply states this according to the New Living Translation. Complete the ministry God has given you. I might have read that verse before. I'm sure I have. But at that point, that verse was highlighted to me. It spoke to me. But then I had my excuses. I quickly turned the page. And sometime later, God spoke to me again through Acts Chapter 20, first part of verse 24, and again from the New Living Translation, where it is written, My life is worth nothing unless I use it for doing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. These are harsh words, but these are hard words, and they are reality. And so I read it again. My life is worth nothing. It's slightly different in the other versions. Then NLT puts it this, this way. My life is worth nothing unless I use it for doing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. Turn the Bible quickly. Turn the page quickly. Close the Bible. Do something else. That's what I did. And then God decided, okay, the New Living Translation doesn't seem to be hitting this guy. He's got too thick a head. Okay, I better use the new King James Version, which is his uh, standard Bible. So, Exodus chapter 13, verse 2. comes this. Now, I happen to be the firstborn and the lastborn in my family. And the verse simply states this. Consecrate to me all the firstborn. Whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and beast, it is mine. So God spoke to me through the word. God also spoke to me through songs. For some unfathomable reason, I would start singing. I'm not a singer. But I would start singing, usually when I'm alone in the car, because I'm safe. (laughs) My family has their own objection to, points of view rather I should say to my ability to sing. But in the car, it was pretty safe. And the songs I get to sing would be something like this. The song we sang. 
take my life and let it be. Sorry, uh, have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Or I would get another song, which is take my life and let it be, consecrated, Lord, to thee. Or it would be something like this, shepherd of my soul, I give you full control. And I would just keep uh, you know, singing these songs with the tune or without the tune, I don't know. But it would be there. And then, you know, at one point God would ask me, he would put this thought into me. You sing the words, but do you really mean what you say? Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Does it mean anything to you? Why are you singing it? Shepherd of my soul, I give you full control. Do you really mean it? Or do you sing it because it's got a nice tune? I like the tune. Is it just mouthing words? Or is this from within you? So you see, the songs started hitting me this way. And then God used my brothers, especially in the church council, who encouraged me and addressed many of the excuses I had put forth to God. Now, I've never told them most of the reasons or most of my excuses as to why I, was go- I had objected to being ordained last year. But here, my brothers in the church council were addressing those very things and to me, it was God speaking. How do they know it? I knew it, that I didn't tell them. I haven't told anyone. The only person who knew about this was God. So I said, God is giving them that piece of information. He's giving them a solution. And they are speaking to me. So God used brothers in the council. He used passages from my daily devotions. And let me read out to you verbatim, without changing a word, part of a devotional I got about 10 days back. This was actually one of the final uh, straws that, uh, back, that broke uh, the back of this camel, if you wish. Uh, and I'm going to read it out to you. It says this. I'm reading it out verbatim. Don't run from your calling. You may be called to the ministry. Don't fight it. Thousands rebel every day against the call of God into the ministry. See if you can remember any moment God spoke to your hearts to become a pastor, an evangelist, a missionary. Consider it again. You will never be happier anywhere else. That was a devotional which came one day. And it kind of hit me. I said, I'm getting it again. So it became more and more clear to me that God was speaking to me on particular lines. I either had to be an absolute dimwit or a very stubborn person if I did not respond to the call of God. Now let me tell you this much. I am neither a dimwit nor do I consider myself to be an absolutely stubborn person. Unless some of you think that I could be either. Okay, that's a different story. And therefore, I finally said, okay, now now I better say yes to God. 
I can't keep delaying this any further. But I again took this issue to the very last moment before I informed Pastor Abraham. And in fact, last Friday at 10.30 in the morning, the service is at 11.30. And I knew of all the preparation that had been done that was going to take place that day. At 10.30 in the morning, I called the pastor. Pastor called me up earlier at about 9.30 to talk about certain things. I didn't tell him anything at that point of time. At 10.30, I called him again and I mumble out the fact that, well, I would, can I, can I, can I join in the ordination? You know, I don't know what words to put, so I mumbled out something. I wrote out uh, some SMSs to my brothers in the church council so that they are not taken by shock or surprise. We don't want medical emergencies here. Uh, so it went on like that. And so, brothers and sisters, here I am. Now, will you... Will you turn with me to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 18? And we're going to read a couple of verses. I know today is Communion Sunday, so I wouldn't be going on too long. Jeremiah, chapter 18, and we're going to read verses 1 to 10. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and there he was, making something at the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to make. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter, says the Lord. Look, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. The instant I speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom, to pluck up, to pull down and to destroy it, if that nation against whom I have spoken turns from its evil, I will relent of the disaster that I thought to bring upon it. And the instant I speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to build and to plant it, if it does evil in my sight so that it does not obey my voice, then I will relent concerning the good with which I said I would benefit it. That's Jeremiah chapter 18 verses 1 to 10. And therefore, very briefly, the title of today's message is simply The Potter and the Clay. The potter and the clay. Now let's read verse 6 once again. O house of Israel, can I, not with, can I not do with you as this potter, says the Lord. Look, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. Now let me make one point absolutely clear at this time. God is in control at all times. He always has been and he always will be. This is a fact and nothing is going to change that. There may be times in your life and mine when things do not appear to be as we want it. But the fact remains that God is in control. There may be times when you are sick. Maybe even with cancer. But that does not change the fact that God is in control. 
There may be times when your salary seems to be inadequate to meet all your expenses. But the fact remains that God is in control. There may be times when it appears that your life is spiraling out of control. But the fact simply remains that God is in control. So that is not going to change. Our situations may change. Our environment may change. Things around us might change. But God is in control. That is not going to change. So please make sure that you note that down. That is a fact of reality. God is the perfect potter. You and I are the shapeless clay. Now what are the characteristics of clay? Now let me first clarify something. Is there a geologist here? Ah, we have one. I know Brother Funme was a, a geologist. Now we have one more geologist over there. Now why, do, why I ask this question is simply because of this. Now I need to be careful what I say. Okay? There's the geologist. So let me, let me watch out what I'm going to say. Now, what are the characteristics of clay? Basically, clay exists in two forms. A dry form and a wet form. Okay? These are the two forms that you find clay in. In its dry form, it is dehydrated. That means it has no water in it, it has no fluid in it, it's got no liquid in it. And its inner particles actually bond together very tightly. Clay becomes hard, but it becomes brittle. Okay, it becomes very hard, but it's very brittle. It cannot be molded into anything useful, but instead it breaks and shatters into multiple pieces. That is dry clay. Clay that cannot be molded at all. Clay that cannot even maintain its form because it tends to break. In its wet form, it retains an ability to absorb, especially fluids. So wet clay can actually absorb more fluid. In its wet form, clay is easily workable and it could be molded or sculpted into an article of beauty or an article of usefulness. But there is a problem in this wet form also. It becomes unstable in the sense that it cannot retain its shape, its size, its texture or the color that the potter has decided for it. Pretty soon, wet clay, a wet clay jar simply becomes a lump of clay. Not really useful, once again. Dry clay is not very useful as it is. Wet clay, while moldable, is still not very useful because it does not retain the shape of the vessel that the potter meant it to be. Now the question to each one of us is simply this. In what form are you? Are you dry clay? Are you wet clay? Or have you gone beyond that? Have you become too hard to be molded? When God speaks, do you even bother to listen to him? No, I'm not trying to point fingers. And that is the reason why I mentioned what happened over the last 12 months. God was speaking to me. But I was turning away. I was telling him, listen, I've got other things to consider. I've got, uh, you know, I can't do it. God was telling me something else. And therefore, out of my own 
recent experiences, I'm, I'm asking you this one. Have you become too hard to be molded? When God speaks, do you even bother to listen to Him? Do His words mean anything at all in our lives? Have you become brittle and are at risk of breaking down and being destroyed at any time soon? Continue to read with me in Jeremiah chapter 18. And I'm going to start again from verse 7. And we'll read till verse 13. Verse 7, Jeremiah chapter 18. The instant I speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom, to pluck up, to pull down and to destroy it, if that nation against whom I have spoken turns from its evil, I will relent of the disaster that I thought to bring upon it. And the instant I speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom, to build and to plant it, if it does evil in my sight so that it does not obey my voice, then I will relent concerning the good with which I said I would benefit it. Now therefore, speak to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying, Thus says the Lord, because I am fashioning a disaster and devising a plan against you, Return now, everyone, from his evil way and make your ways and your doings good. The Lord was quite elaborate in explaining his situation. He was saying, this is the situation. I, if I decree this and this thing happens, I would either go ahead with it or I could change it. But there's a part that you need to play. If the opposite situation, I could still change it. I'm giving you options. God was actually quite elaborately laying out the plan. And then he says, go and tell the people of Judah that if you don't turn from your evil ways, there is going to be disaster that's coming upon you. But he's just told them before that, that if you turn from your evil ways, whatever evil I had planned, planned against you, I will turn it. Okay, I will give you good. You're not, nothing bad is going to happen. But then, what is the response of the people? Verse 12. And they said, that is hopeless. So we will walk according to our own plans. And we will, everyone, obey the dictates of his evil hearts. Can you see how hard-hearted these people have become? They're not even prepared to listen to God. They said, do what you want. We're going to do what we want. You say what you want. I, 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 my life is hopeless. I can't do anything about it. I'm not prepared to listen to you anymore. See the situation? Have we reached that state? Are we that hard clay today? God is telling us, I want to mold you. I want to make you into something good. But we're saying, even God can't do anything to me. Have you heard that statement? Have you made that statement? Why was I ever born? No good is ever going to come out of me. Nobody can change me. Even God can't change me. And that's what the people are saying here. Therefore, thus says the Lord, verse 13, Ask now among the Gentiles, who has heard such things? 
the virgin of Israel has done a very horrible thing. God is simply saying, even the heathens won't say this. My children are saying this. Ask the heathens. They don't know me. But even they have some fear of a superior being. They would not even say such things. But look at my people. Look at what they are saying. Are you wet, dry clay? That is my question to, to you this morning. Or are you wet clay? You are ready to be molded in the hands of the potter. And as long as the potter is molding you, you are fine. As long as the potter is there with you, making every part of you, making every curve in, in the pot that you are, you are fine. But when the potter keeps you down for a minute and say, okay, now go ahead and do what you are supposed to be doing, I can't do it. I'm wet clay. And so I become a lump once again. I just go down. I can't retain my shape. Are we those kinds of people? Are we those kinds of people who are ready to praise God during the good times? Are we ready to praise God when, things, when everything seems to be going well? When we know for sure that God is holding me and sustaining me. God is my crutch. I am leaning on to God and moving forward and claiming that everything is right in my life. But if, I let, if God lets go of me for a minute, not that He chooses to let go, but He needs you to stand on your own at times. He has put wisdom into us. He has put choice into us. And so He says, let me take my hands off for, the, for a moment. And then what do you do? Crumble. Fall flat. Where is that beautiful pot? It's no longer there. The wet clay has now become a lump of clay. You are unable to be the jar you were meant to be. Have we reached that state where we are all praised for God? When things go our way, but start to shrink and lose our testimony when the first sign of trials and temptations come in. Listen to what Job said, and it is in Job chapter 23 verse 10. But he knows the way that I take. When he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. That's what Job said. Now, none of us here have undergone the kind of trials and tribulations that Job underwent. And yet, he was able to say, when he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. Job had that confidence. Today, do you have that confidence? When I go through this trial, when I go through this difficulty, and yet when I come out of it, I shall be better. I shall be a better person. 
I shall be a stronger person. Because this trial, this temptation is not going to destroy me. Can we say that? Can we truly say that? Or maybe, when you are being molded in the hands of God, you start getting ideas of how you actually should be. And then you begin advising God as to what He needs to do with your life. And a little later, you even go and instruct God and tell Him what He needs to provide for you so that you can be useful. Have you seen people like that? God, I want to serve you. I want to serve you. Number one, when I retire. Number two, I want to serve you in the U.S. Congress. Take me to New York. And I will serve you there. God is molding you. But maybe he does not have New York in mind. Maybe he has Harare. Maybe he has Dhaka in mind. Okay, but then, you see, we are ready to be molded. But then we start giving advice to God. God, I think I could serve you better over here. I think. No, I know I could do it better. God, what you need to do for me right now is you need to provide me this, 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 this. So God has now become your shopkeeper. And you have started providing him your shopping list. Will you turn with me to the book of James, chapter 1. 12 to 14. James 1, 12 to 14. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord had promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with, e- with evil, neither tempted he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. When you fall, don't blame somebody else. The devil is being blamed for too many things. He's finding it actually difficult. We have a part to play in that. We fall because often we choose to do a thing that God tells us not to do. Well, God is molding us. God is speaking to us. We have our own plans. You know what happened when God told Abraham that he was going to have a son? God said, Abraham said, sure, thanks a lot. And he waited. And he waited. And he waited. Then he said, oh, God needs some help. Out came a son. But that was not the son God planned. And what Abraham did then 
we are still facing the repercussions today. Abraham is gone. So is Ishmael. And so is Isaac. But the repercussions are still being faced generations later. So let's be careful that when we are being molded by God, we need to surrender ourselves to him completely. He's got to mold us. He's got to make all the choices. He's got to decide what he wants to do with you. He's got to decide where he wants to place you. He's got to decide what your actual purpose is meant to be. So where do we stand this afternoon? Are you that hard and brittle clay like dry clay? Or are you unstable and lumpy like wet clay? But remember, we have a second part to the story of the potter and the clay. We have been talking about the clay. And we need to decide, where do we stand? Each one of us needs to decide. I had to take a decision. I, had to, I went through uh, times of intense searching. I had to take a decision. Each of us has to do that. But then we have the potter. The potter doesn't change. Now remember this. When clay is marred, when clay changes its shape, when it is not very good, the potter never throws it away as waste. He takes it back. He remolds it. So don't tell me that my past is too bad to be corrected. There are too many tragedies in my history. There are too many sins in my history that even hell won't hold them. Doesn't matter. You don't worry about that. Our God says, clay that is marred, the potter will pick it up, rework it, and make it into the pot that he wants it to be. You see, so we have a potter into whose hands we need to surrender ourselves. Don't look at ourselves and say that, I'm marred. There is a scar in my life that is very difficult to eradicate. In the hands of the potter, in the hands of the master potter, every one of those scars can and will be eradicated. You see, the potter reworks the clay. But then the potter doesn't stop there. He knows that if he leaves you as a new, the second form that he has created you into, if he leaves you at this point of time, you are still wet clay and you will still go down and become a lump of clay. So what does he do? He allows you to be hardened by fire. He allows you to be hardened by fire. The fire is not meant to destroy you. That fire is meant to strengthen you. We may call it trials. We may call it tribulations. We may call it different names. The Bible calls it fire. That fire is not meant to destroy you. That fire is simply meant to strengthen you. The potter has already made you. He designed you. He molded you. He shaped you. He gave you your colors. And as you go through that fire 
that is there around you, you will not crumble. You will not break. And why is that? Because of the one simple important fact, and that is, when you go through the fire, it is the Lord himself who is holding you and controlling the heat of the fire. God was there with those three young Hebrew men in the fire. If you are in difficulties today, just ask the Lord to be there with you. He will take you through it and he will mold you into a better pot than what you were before you went into the fire. That's our God. Our God is a very creative God. Be the man or the woman God wants you to be. Not the person the world wants to see. I'll finish quickly. Let's turn to Romans chapter 12. Verse 2. And I'm reading this from the King James Version. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now let me read this again from the New Living Translation, which says, Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will know what God wants you to do. And you will know how good and pleasing and perfect His will really is. Dry clay by itself is useless. Wet clay by itself is useless. But wet clay, molded in the hands of the Master and then made dry, is a vessel of honor. Where do you stand today? Half an hour back, we sang the song, Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. You are the potter, I am the clay. Mold me and make me, after thy will, while I am waiting, yield it, and still. This hymn was written by a lady called Adelaide Pollard in 1907. After she found that she couldn't go on a missionary journey, her heart was set on going for. She really wanted to go to China on this missionary voyage. But for some reason, the London Mission Society turned her down. She was downcast. And when she was downcast, she turned to the Bible. She opened the Bible and her eyes fell on Isaiah chapter 64, verse 8. Isaiah 64, verse 8. But now, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you our potter. And all we are the work of your hand. That was the start of the song that we just sang. She knew that the Lord was molding her into something beautiful. I do not know where or how God is calling you and what he wants you to do. I do not know into which part of his vast vineyard he wants you to serve in. But I know one thing. It is the Lord who calls. He will mold you. He will make you. And he who began a good work in you will complete it to perfection. Now as I close, I just want to ask you one more question. Is there anyone here who is prepared to be the clay in the hands of the potter?
If God has spoken to you today, and if He is asking you to place the clay of your life in His perfect potter hands, please do stand up and tell Him so. Tell Him, You are the potter, I am the clay. Make me and mold me in any way that you think is right. If you think no, I'd rather be dry clay or I'd be wet clay. doesn't matter. I'll leave you as it is. It took me time. Let me be absolutely frank. It took me time. It took me a great deal of soul searching before I took my decision. And I know sometimes we put you in a spot like this. But sometimes we need that. I just want us to remember that God can do mighty things. And all he needs is the willing clay. And those of you who have said today, that you are the willing clay. You are prepared to be molded. I pray that even as God speaks, even as God talks to you through different ways and means, you will respond to His call. You will allow Him to mold you. You will allow Him to truly be the master in your life. Father God, I just want to thank you for every brother, sister here, Lord, who has stood up, Lord. Who has said, Lord, that they want to be clay in your hands and in your hands alone. Make them, Lord. Mold them into the type of people they, you want them to be, Lord Father. Father God, which part of your vast vineyard you want to call them? You tell them, Lord. Make it clear, Lord Father, to every one of them, Lord Father. That they are in safe hands. Even when they go through the trials, the fire, you are there with them. You will make them beautiful at the end of it, Lord Father. You will guide them, you will lead them. And Father God, I pray, Lord, that you will continue to minister to every one of them, Lord Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Shall we all stand up? God has spoken to us straight away, direct to each and every one of us. The living word. We are all a chosen vessel in His hand. Shall I ask the choir to sing the spirit of the living God? So it is possible when we yield to the Spirit of God, only the Spirit of God can melt us, mold us, and make us more than everything uses. So we are all accepted Jesus Christ, and He is in us. Unless you are yielded to the Spirit of God, you cannot be molded. So whatever you have passed, 
let us make this or sing this song prayerfully and uh, commit yourself or dedicate yourself and see that where you are and what you are wanted to be let us sing this song close our eyes and meditate this word for the time like this lord you are speaking to us time and again because you have a great plan and you have a great purpose for each and every one of us we are not here of our own we are not here by accident but we are here by your divine plan and purpose father We are very much privileged to hear your word. Lord, thank you for speaking to us. Speaking, thank you Lord for so Lord your servant 
whom he used to speak your word to us. Father, we are the clay. We can do nothing by our own. But Lord, we pray, we commit ourselves. Lord, we wanted to remind you our hands. Lord, you melt us. You mold us. You fill us by thy spirit. And you use us for your glory. This is our prayer in this afternoon. We remember this day, O Father. Lord, we believe that in the days to come, we will see the changes in our life. We are yielded by thy spirit. We are very much attentive to you, Dua. Voice of thy spirit, O Father. Because it is not by might. It is not by power. It is only by thy spirit alone. We thank you for your wonderful promises. Lord, your promises are yes and amen. Let your promise be fulfilled in each and every one of us. Help us to your blessings to us and also to one another. Thank you once again for accepting our prayers. In Jesus' precious name we are praying. Please be seated. Let us go through the Lord, the time of Lord's table, quickly. I will read it for you from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. From verse 23 onwards. For I received from the Lord that which I also deliver to you. That the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, eats and drinks judgment to himself, nor discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many are asleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. Dear brothers and sisters, this communion is prepared for the children of God, those who have accepted Lord Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior and obeyed the Lord in the waters of baptism. So the scripture is very well open to you. Few things are common here. One is, this is a commandment for those who are in the Lord. And this has to be remembered. What is that? The death of our Lord Jesus Christ. The burial, the resurrection, more than everything of His coming. Thirdly, it exalts us that we should proclaim the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we believe in the 
death and the resurrection of our Lord, we too believe our death and our resurrection. So, dear children of God, you are most welcome to take part in this. But, see that the word exalts us and wants us. If, let your man examine himself. You examine yourself. If you are convinced, you are free to come and share the Lord's table. Let's pray. Gracious Father, once again we thank you for the bread and the wine which you have kept before us. Lord, you bless it and sanctify it. Dear Father, use it. Lord, to remember, Lord, your death, your burial, your resurrection and your coming. Lord, so that we will take part in your table. We identify ourselves to one another and also with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Oh, 
Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. Your gift of love is crucified. If I burn Oh, 
ministering to us, body, soul, and spirit. Let's lift up our hands and appreciate God for what He has done. He has reached out to us by His word. He has reached out to us by His power. Appreciate Him. Bless His name. Appreciate Him for what He has done today. For the privilege to partake of the flesh and the blood of Jesus. For the word of life. The power of the potter reaching out to us as clay. Father, we thank you. Blessed be your name in Jesus' mighty name. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1. Encourage us to be earnest and not to let the word slip from our hands. I want us to take grace to make the most of this word that we have heard today. Lord, grace me not to slip off not to let this word slip off my life in the name of Jesus. Lord, this word will profit me and my family. This word will profit me and my generation. Let's pray that prayer. Father, let your word that I've heard today, let it not slip from my hands. Let it not slip from my heart. It shall profit me. It shall help me to be better, to live more gloriously for you, to fulfill your calling, to fulfill your expectation, to please you in all that I do. Lord, I receive grace not to lose it, not to slip off. This word will not slip off my hands in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. As we go today, we go in peace. This week, we will experience favor on every side. In the name of Jesus. God brought you today to bless you. The blessings of today shall remain with you and your family forever. In the name of Jesus. This is the month of delivery. Every pregnant woman delivers in the night month. This month shall deliver blessings for you. In the name of Jesus. You have come to meet with God today. As you return from here. Favor inexplainable. Blessings unthinkable. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Every secret tears come to an end today. Your long-awaited good news shall reach you this week. Everyone at the verge of breaking down, receive your breakthrough. 
of Jesus, so shall it be. Thank you, Father. We bless your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Shall we share the grace in fellowship? The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely. Let's greet ourselves. Happy Friday afternoon as we go home. God bless you. Just greet your neighbor. You are welcome. God bless you. Have a wonderful week in the name of Jesus. God bless you. I love you. I love you. See you 